Hello, and welcome to Prescriptions with Dr. Courtney A. Hammonds, noted author, global educator, and fashion storyteller. In each episode, we'll take a deep dive into the dynamic and captivating world of individuals from all walks of life. We'll take a glimpse into the day-to-day life of a featured entrepreneur or industry professional and discuss tools for success. By the end, you'll have your very own prescription filled by industry professionals who've experienced their own peaks and valleys. If you're looking for a fresh perspective and expert advice on business strategy, creativity, education, and even fashion, you've come to the right place. Interested? The doctor awaits you. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Prescriptions with Dr. Courtney A. Hammonds. Now, listen, this next individual, everybody, I'm so excited to have him, not just because he's young and fresh and innovative, but here's the thing that I want to give you a clue about. Not all superheroes wear capes. Some wear scarves and even kimonos. So I'm so excited to have on Cedric Brown of Cedric Brown Collections. Welcome, your man. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, Dr. Courtney. That was an amazing introduction. Um, I'm grateful that you brought me on. Um, I'm honored to be here. Well, listen, we're going to dive right in because I know the viewers or listeners of prescriptions need some quality prescriptions because something is telling me that they have some fatigue in certain areas. So before we get in, I got to let them know some of these accolades that this young man has, y'all. CNN, Jezebel Magazine, Sheen Magazine, Vivica Fox, rapper Young Thug, and Lady May herself, Miss Lynn Whitfield on Greenleaf. This is just a snippet, y'all, of some of the people that this superhero has daunted and put his amazing kimonos and scars on. So again, we welcome, we celebrate and we embrace the superhero and the fashion sense, Mr. Cedric Brown. So Cedric, tell us, who is Cedric Brown? And then we'll get into Cedric Brown collections. I'm Cedric Brown, and I say Cedric Brown collections as the brand name. I'm an artist and a fashion designer. I graduated from Savannah College of Art and Design back in 2014. I've done several internships. Um, in the fashion industry with companies such as Sears Kmart, Carter's Oshkosh, Lian Fong Limited. And for five years now, I have been running my business, Cedric Brown Collections. And I'm an artist, so I paint as well. So before I actually launched my business and actually studied fashion design, I won several accolades for my artwork, such as one of my paintings was stepped into the National Russian Museum in St. Petersburg, Russia. I've had work featured in 2008 for the Beijing Olympic Games. It was a a children's art exhibition called Peace, Friendship, Goodwill Through the Olympic Spirit. And I had in high school, well, high school versions of college, my artwork was on like seven or eight billboards across Metro Atlanta on youth gambling prevention. I had won an art competition about that as well. And all my life I have been into art. You know, um, sometimes... I look at some some kids like on Instagram where the parents are telling them to do something they may not want them to do, such as like maybe go play a sport or cut grass. Like I probably was that kid that's not something I'm interested in doing. I've always been inclined that I wanted to do art and stuff like that. So. 
So that's a, a wonderful way for me to segue into the next topic is when I look at you, look at your work, you have an amazing presence on social media. I've been honored to um, be in the same circles of you, with you. Um, I was on a panel with Vivica Fox that year and you, um, and she purchased the scarf from you. I remember that and you were so excited and, and well-deserving. Um, but what I wanted to say is when I think of Cedric Brown collections, pardon me, um, but when I think of the collection and when I think of you as an individual, I, you really remind me of me a little bit, meaning that you were not that individual then or even now, in my opinion, that believed in coloring inside of the lines. And as an artist, as a creative, sometimes we have to color outside of the lines. And when we do that, we attract a certain audience. So um, as your brand has to continue to grow and elevate, um, and you've been in audiences or crowds that uh, most people dream of, what are some things that you had to increase, um, whether it was your relationship with um, maybe a marketing team or a graphic artist, or do you have a team or is it just you? And I know one of your major components of support is your mom. So outside of that, who is helping you to can you to stay ahead of the curve? Because everyone is coming after you. <laughs> you know what? Um, as of right now, everything is me and my mom. Of course, I have some mentors. This and I, now I can say, well, Auntie Lynn, she's a mentor because she's been helping out. I have re relationships with people that the marketing component helps use their resources to help me out a lot but overall I've I've recently won a business grant and I'm like I need to really think this out about allocating um, resources to help because it's really things becoming overwhelming for me doing every little thing like mm -hmm. I'm creating the artwork I'm doing production I'm doing the marketing, not just like in person, not just like in person marketing, like face to face marketing, but I'm also doing online marketing, Facebook ads. I've had to do my own PR work, seek editors to publish my work. And I'm my own accountant. <laughs> I'm looking over everything, which is good in a sense. That way I know no one can get over on me. I know how much I want to pay for something. I know how much work is required. So, but right now it's me and my mom that does everything. And occasionally though, I do hire help. Like if I'm at a show, I need a brand ambassador or, you know, little different things or whatever. Of course, a photographer, I hire that. Little things, but I want to step up the hiring part for sure. <laughs> for sure. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen in the right timing. And I think that you are really setting their own um, pace for your brand. And I think what's amazing, and, and again, this is just complimentary to what you're doing, is that you're not really following somebody else's model. You're following and creating your own, which I think is wonderful. Um, and honestly, that goes back to who you are as an individual. So I know that your faith is a strong um, piece of your background and just your overall makeup as it is mine. Um, so besides your own personal walk, um, who are some people that you look up to, or I call them necessary people that I keep in my circle? Who are those um, individuals that you really lean upon um, that probably know the true Cedric um, 
and outside of what people see on social media? I have several. Of course, like you mentioned, my mom, like she's always been supportive, supportive of my dreams or whatever I would say I want to do. She's there. You've seen it in person. She's 10 toes down. Like nobody messing with her, you know, her son or whatever. <laughs> but I also have a couple of mentors that have been in my life that have really helped me out on this journey and really taking things to another level. Um, one is the Olympic artist, Steve Allen. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's an African-American artist and he lives here in Atlanta. And um, I, I got con- back connected with him in high school when the whole Beijing Olympic thing was going on. He was having mm-hmm. artwork in Beijing as well. And I called him and developed a relationship and just asked him about advice being an artist. Because you always hear so many stories about struggling artists. And I want to say eventually, you know, he was the one, the one of those artists that did give me an introduction about business, telling me not to sell your stuff for cheap. Um, always present your stuff with quality. He taught me about printing stuff because I used to get my prints first made at his house doing cheap clay prints and he was always so supportive because I also met other artists who'd be like, you're not that good of an artist yet. You don't need to be trying to sell in your stuff. You need to focus on your craft and blah, blah, blah. He was never like that. He was always supportive of what I wanted to do. So I will, I always been able to ask him some advice. Another mentor is Mr. Lyndon Longino. Uh, he used to be a VP at SunTrust Bank and he was also on the board of the Boys and Girls Club of Metro Atlanta. And I don't know if you've ever seen this movie called Finding Forrester. Oh, yeah, I have. So you know how it's an older white guy mentoring a younger black boy and he's into literature? Mm-hmm. I somewhat feel like our relationship is like that. He's an older white guy. Our birthdays are a day apart and he's the only child just like me. And he's into literature. So when we when we first would develop our fun, he used to send me so many quotes and like um, old like English literature, like read and poems and stuff, and was really trying to help boost my self-confidence. When I was thinking about, do I really want to study artist career? Should I go into something else? Because I want to make some money to be able to support myself. You are artist. You're going to school to be an artist. You're not doing nothing else. You know, him at 70 years old, well, he was 70 years old telling me that. And so that gave me the confidence to move forward. Like, okay, I'm this is where I should be doing. And he's definitely helped me out as well. He took my painting to St. Petersburg, Russia. And that's how it helped me got a whole lot of accolades and won a lot of scholarships in college that kind of helped me pay my way through. He's always there when I'm needing some advice about anything. We write through email. So it's always he's going to he's like one of my biggest cheerleaders. And also, I would say um, recently, now that I've been in business, her name is Attorney Pat Russell McLeod, and she's um, she's also a well-known public speaker. She writes books. Um, she's also an attorney. Her husband is one of the um, head bishops at the AME Church. And she has been so supportive of my brand, like it's her own. Um, she's connected me to some really very big people and got me some really big orders. And she's been very coaching my business, telling me you know, just different marketing techniques, different things that I should do. And I can always, so all this to say, all these different people that I'm naming, I have more mentors I could list. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have one I should miss, Mr. Chris Horton. I met him in high school as well. And 
I met him while I was working at Publix at a grocery store. And I was helping somebody out to the car, and this lady told me. She didn't even know me. She was just like, I have this guy you need to meet. He went to Morehouse. He can help you out so much. Blah, blah, blah. She was telling me all of this, and I'm like, I don't even know who this man is, and I don't know you, but I just gave the guy a call, and we connected instantly. It's not always that you just connect with people all the time, when people, especially when something like that happened. Right. And he was asking me questions about my life, what I wanted to do. And I think maybe I was a senior in high school at this time. And he was telling me that if I want to go to college and I want to go to art school, because he, he went to Morehouse. He was like, if he would do it all over again, he would not go to a private school right away. He was like, you can go to the Caltech, you can go to a community college, wherever, and do those classes first to save you some money and then transfer over. And him giving me that little bit of advice, and then we still kept the relationship from now, even to now, helped me out so much. Because I just look back, if I went to, went to Georgia Perimeter College when I was first getting out of high school, I'm a first-generation college student, I don't think I would have lasted. For one, the tuition would have been too high. I would have been like, I ain't going to be paying this. You know, so many factors could have happened. So I look at that, him coming to my life, and all these different people coming to my life, they're all inspirational to me, and I can always call them up. I trust them. They see me in my most weakest, vulnerable times, and I definitely think they're in my corner and they got my back, and I appreciate all of them. And it's tons of more, but I know we've got to be brief. <laughs> well, no, I love that, and I think if, if we go back and even pin it because of the name of the show, it's Prescriptions. You just gave us some amazing prescriptions is having the right village around you. That's one prescription. Another one that I got out of what you just said or dissected um, a, a craft moment that you just gave us right now was to really take um, advice from people, even if they don't know you or you know them. Um, directly because you know what I don't believe in mistakes I think sometimes um, a lot of times we have divine intervention with the right people that enter our lives and it's what we do with those people and that information that matters um, because it's all a test and are we passing that test and I think you really are now that um, I got a few more questions and one that I really want to ask is I guess this is the teacher in me if you were to go back to your 18 year old self uh, what would you tell yourself, what would you tell that person now um, based on some of the knowledge and the skills that you've learned over the um, few years that you've been doing, not few years, but a long time now, five years, is really to be commended because you know what, some people don't even last a year. So you've been doing an amazing job. So going back to that 18-year-old Cedric, what would that be? Thank you so much for the compliment. If I was to go back to my 18-year-old Cedric, I mean, it's mainly for me, it wouldn't be nothing about career-wise. It would just be more personally, just to have more confidence in yourself, mm. have more, and still have a balance. I don't think I had a good chance, a deal of having a balance, of having fun and being serious. But I definitely think, um, have more confidence in yourself, like just self-confidence, like that would be more so with me. You're, you're, the, you're the man, like walk into that. That's what I would tell my 18-year-old self. Like walking your truth. I mean, you know what? And, and at the end of the day, you don't worry about that. And I think as we continue to grow, um, that's a uniform that comes on over life experiences. So I hear that prescription, and I think you're doing that an amazing. So if you were not an artist, if you were not a well-rounded artist like you are, is there another career path that you would have went into? Hmm. So, I mean, I... I'm interested in stuff like real estate, 
So it will always be something related to entrepreneurship, but okay. selling something even if it wasn't like art and fashion. Okay, and I can see that because you know, you're still laying the groundwork and you're you're paving the way um, and making it your own. So you know what? As the fashion industry is really changing, um, because you know what? I you know I've go to Fashion Week and all those things, and I love going to certain stores. All of that clearly has stopped um, because we're in a pandemic. How has your brand um, expanded? Because I'm seeing it expand in the midst of a pandemic, which is amazing. Um, so what are some things that ha- have happened um, to thrust you into that space? Um, because now I believe the emerging talent like you, and now I don't consider you emerging, but um, the underdogs where other people would call, call you all because you're not a big box retailer. As you see, that's not working. So every other minute, a big box retailer is closing and closing its doors. But you all are thriving, which I celebrate. Um, so I purposely celebrate that entrepreneur, um, black, white, Asian, and different. Um, but I support them because I also know how hard it is to have um, consistency and just support in general. So how has the, how are you thriving through this in the pandemic? Oh, well, you know, um, definitely. Um, I definitely think it's t- time. It was, it's definitely time. It's still time for a change. You still need to be a rift in fashion. Because as you look at things, the whole fashion show idea and all this stuff has been going on 20, 30 plus years. It's people who have top dollar money to invest in stuff. And they just think that they have the power to control everything. And now everything is shifting that their power they once had is even if they have all the money in the world does not mean it's going to keep things. It's also time for something new. You got to, you always, you can't be content. Uh, I bring this up all the time. This Joe Osteen sermon that I um, listened to before and it really encouraged me. He said, every day you need to get some fresh manna. Don't come with God thinking the same thing you did yesterday. Like, you can't eat the manna from yesterday. You got to get right. some new. And you can't think what you did three months ago, three years ago, is how you're going to make money today. It doesn't happen. And I look at with my own business, for just the past three years, I, well, two years I've been full-time in my business, but it's really like a three-year thing kind of almost because it's like two years and a half. Every year, the way I made money has changed. <laughs> like, it has, like... I would say when I first was really full-time in my business, it was like a whole lot of pop-up shops. I mean, whatever. I had to do whatever to make the money. And then next year, it was definitely pop-up shops. But then I started doing more national shows, going D.C., Vegas, New Orleans, bigger events. But I also had a lot of big wholesale orders. Mm-hmm. And then this year, I had all these plans of all this stuff, wholesale orders, shows everywhere, production in the work. And as you know, COVID-19 hit and everything changed. Now, I always had my online business, but it's my most of my income did not come from my online business. So with all this shift and change, I had to put everything into growing my online business because otherwise, how am, how am I going to make money? And it was a whole lot of, I don't know what's next. And you still don't know what's next. But it's like, what am I going to do? And definitely when like March and April hit, you know, I was like, what am I going to do? So first I collaborated with this designer um his brand is threaded culture and he was like let's collab let's uh you got your scars i can so i already have ma- the pattern for the mask i can make the mask with you whatever let's collaborate to because we've both been in this business about five years around the same time we both started our business so i was 
I was um, interested in going in business with him because I know he was serious. You know, sometimes you go in business with people, they don't say what they mean, don't know what they say. <laughs> and if, I, if somebody has been full time like me, it's, you know, they, they gonna be on. So I, I went in with him and once I sent out my email blast, everybody was like, we, we've been waiting on this. Like we've been, we've been wanting your mask for forever. And so that was bringing traction and bringing some more income coming in. And then, um, so also there has been a big, like, turn things around for me and grown the online business is, you know, Greenleaf. So I, you know, they taped Greenleaf last year and I really thought my designs were going to be on the last season because they taped season four and five together. So mm-hmm. I thought that all of this was really all season four. So I was really expecting the whole her saying Lady May wear my kimonos was going to be last year, but it didn't. It didn't happen, which it's, it was it's great the way it did happen for me because it happened in the middle of a pandemic and I was really able to leverage my online business with it. Also, it gave me some time to think because I thought about, I've had several celebrities wear my pieces. Um, Young Thug, like you mentioned, Bill Fox, um, after Lamar Rucker, I have CEO of Lowe's. I have all that stuff or whatever. But, you know, it's great to get that recognition but if a person, if you don't get a, like a tag or a shout out, sometimes it's like, it doesn't matter that they wore your stuff because nobody still don't know about the brand, even though it's good for, you know, you have to work it. Basically, I observe the brands like God is Dope or any of these like small streetwear brands when they get a celebrity on it, they step up the marketing very head on, like with that, even though they may not get a tag, but it's other ways around it. And I had to get to thinking. So I I knew that Greenleaf was coming out and I knew she was going to be wearing my stuff this season. And surprisingly, uh, well, Lamar Rooker had texted me like when I first started making the mask, I had touched bases with him. But she called me at the beginning of July and she was like, um, asked me how, how, she's been asking me how I've been doing and stuff. And I knew that it was coming up for her to be wearing my stuff. And she actually invited me to her home. And um, she got some more kimonos for me and she got some face masks. And she was telling me that she was going to be doing the show Girlfriends Check-In. And she told me who her um, girlfriends are going to be. It was going to be Tina Knowles Lawson, um, Beverly Johnson, and Vanessa Bell Calloway. And she got me in talk with the producers of um, OWN, you know, when the while all this process and stuff was going on. And I'm just like, I'm, you know, I'm excited, I'm happy, and I'm just like, you know, I really appreciate everything. And then she told me to call her, she been told me last year to call her Auntie Lynn. And she really, like, been so supportive of my brand and treat me just like I'm a family member. And so I knew Greenleaf was coming up. So I was telling her, I was like, I need to get some kind of press because I was like, I know that to leverage this opportunity, this needs to get written up in some kind of press article in order for it to read, because otherwise it can be on Greenleaf, but nobody's going to know it's my stuff. So luckily, earlier this year in January, I had, I know publicists I follow, and one of them had posted their media list. You can buy their media list for $50. I had already been coached on how to do my own PR work, which I had done before when I got in Jezebel. But it was only giving me local stuff. So I was like, you know, maybe this don't work when you want to get the national <laughs> the national stuff. I was on it. I was alert. And I that media list that I got from him, I was doing my research. I was contacting everybody that was on that email list. And I already had my email out. Like, 
um, just how this, I, and I also looked up, you remember when Black Panther came out, it was the designer, Akiri Jones, and he made the scars for Black Panther. So I was looking, okay, he got ran up at CNN and all these stuff. I need to get the same thing in order for people to know who I am. So, I mean, I'm contacting everybody, everything on the list. And I also was taught from the person who coached me in PR. To send an email, you can DM them, do whatever to try to get their attention. And I got two people to respond back. And I was telling Miss Lynn also, and she was like, well, you know, try to get them to wait because the girlfriend check-in is coming in later. So, you know, there's no need to rush. But I'm glad that I acted on it when it did because um, one editor wrote me back and was on it. Her name was, her name is Miss Brandy Victorian. And she writes for Madame Noor and she writes for Hello Beautiful. So she was like, I've seen Lynn Whitfield when she wore your stuff at Essence Fest for last year, but she didn't know who my, what my brand was. She was like, that was amazing. And she was like, well, you got 24 hours to answer these questions. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm like, well, I don't have the pictures from the show, the videos, nothing. Luckily, the episode was finna appear. I called Miss Lynn on the phone. I was like, is there anything like that where you can get behind the scenes, like the clips? And she was in the middle of taping girlfriend's check-in. It was so funny. <laughs> It was so funny, and um, she was like, I'll touch back bases with you, but luckily, and I had my mentor, Mr. Chris Horton, the guy who told me about community college, he's also like a professional writer, so I had him look over my interview questions, and that kind of stalled the 24 hours, but it took two days, and that two days, the green, the episode had appeared, so by that time, I was able to get the video clips that Own was already publishing on YouTube, and Instagram and I had I was screenshotting on my computer to get images and I sent this like on the midnight oil. I mean midnight oil and she had that article published the next day by twelve o'clock. Wow. And it was just going almost like viral. It was forward being forwarded everywhere. And I'm glad that I acted upon it because what I had in my mind to leverage the opportunity, it, it ended up happening. But I still in my back of my mind I was like I still need to get more press. Like, you know, I was gonna consider hiring somebody but since i kind of been doing it myself i i'm right now just doing it myself but eventually i do need to hire somebody <laughs> but then i also had another editor write me back it was miss dana givens she works for she writes for black enterprise and so i'm just grateful um that i did get some national publicity that helped took it to the next level and then eventually the girlfriend's check-in opportunity did air so um those things definitely helped my online business grow. Um, I will tell you, last year though, I mean, I was getting it in. People, it just wasn't necessarily publicized because I don't have PR. I didn't necessarily tell everybody what I was doing and what had happened. But I was, I had the MGM Resorts, um, well, MGM Foundation brought me to Vegas, gave me three nights at the Bellagio Hotel for me and my entourage, bought my kimonos and scars and gave it to their biggest clients. I mean, that that's something I should have PR for to make an announcement. I had the 16 largest law firm in the entire world. They're international. They have firms in Australia, Singapore, Hong Kong, London, New York, um, Kenya, wherever, everywhere. And this law firm commissioned me to be their artist, to create a, a skyline for Boston. And um, they had it created into scars, pocket squares, neckties. And socks and they flew me out to Boston and I'm in the five-star hotel at the Boston Harbor Hotel and paid for everything got to bring my mom like a lot of great things happened last year but I now I know as more great things like that happen I do need to have a PR there to 
have these things captured because otherwise it can kind of, I mean, just for the marketing, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm still, things, great things still happen. But to just leverage stuff, you right. do need to have that because I look at my favorite music artists, like, you know, just look at how people do marketing. For I was a big fan of TLC. Mm-hmm. And I look at the way LaFace Records in the 90s marketed them. You have to do it. You know, you have to do it. There's no way around it, especially if you want your, your brand to be longevity and for people to know what it is. You have to invest in the marketing and the branding side. So that's where I'm at in my business and where I do want to take it at, but I also got to be wise with my money. <laughs> well, listen, I think that you have done an amazing job. I think the right opportunities come to the right people at the right time. And as I started my conversation, not all superheroes wear capes. Some wear kimonos, some wear scarves, now even socks and pocket squares. So let's be clear that you are expanding the brand. You are going beyond the scope of just two um, things that from a fashion side that, you know, where you have amazing art. I have an amazing scarf from you. Every time I wear it, people stop me and I'm going to get another one um, very shortly from you. And so I'm going to wrap up, but I want to just ask two last questions for you. If you were to have dinner with three people, any three people in current date, or even if they're no longer here, um, who would they be and what would, and why would you choose them? Okay. Well, one of them, I told you I love TLC. So I would have definitely have lunch, dinner with Left Eye. Anybody know me? I love Left Eye. Yeah, I love her too. <laughs> I loved her. Like, I want dinner with her definitely because I was like her biggest fan. <laughs> I want to have dinner with people that are great. So I feel like I'm going to list people that are dead because a lot of people, I feel like I still have a chance to have dinner with them. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. So, the number two would be somebody that's big in fashion, and I'm kind of tossing between who I want to pick, but it's either between Bill Blast or it's Halston. Oh, okay. Oh, Halston would be one of mine, yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I love Halston because he was definitely had the cool factor. I definitely think the journey of my brain and where, I, where my vision was, even when I first was at SCAD, and my professors told me to look up to him, even with creating kimonos and stuff like that. That's why when you see Beverly, I seen Beverly Johnson wearing my stuff, and she was an actual model for Halston. Yeah. And not just like here and there. I'm looking at all these archive photographs, Halston, 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 that she was a model for him. And then when she did the this her arms with that kimono, I was like, she did that like she was modeling for Halston. So that was yeah. that's forever gonna be remembered. And um, I like. I mean, I would love, but Bill Blast also for the business. Like I read an article, well, it's a line. It says before Ralph Lauren, it was Bill Blast, and I know back in the day his business was getting it in, you know. And our birthdays are a day apart as well. Is why I think my dinner with him would be more, you know. I think he would teach me a lot about business. And it's this vintage interview that I listened to of his about business. It's on YouTube. He was on some talk show. I, Forgive me. I think her name was Miss Barbara or something. And it's like an hour special where he's being interviewed talking about his journey as a designer. And he gives me a glimpse of fashion history because he was like, you know, when he started in his heyday, it wasn't no designer, star designer, celebrity designer. Like, I guess him, his generation, him, Halston, and Klein, Oscar De Lorenzo, they were that new celebrity 
designers. But before then, that didn't exist. It's like designers were just hired to work on 7th or 5th Avenue. They worked for a big company, but nobody knew who they were. And he talks about like how he constantly did trunk shows. And that's basically what I do in my business. I do trunk shows everywhere. He was like all over the nation. Like he goes to Texas where these women buy these fur coats and just all these different things he was telling her. She was like, why would somebody pay $12,000 for a coat? He was like, you mean to tell me you don't have one? Like just, <laughs> just those kind of things. I really enjoy watching that interview. I've I been mean, listening and watching it. I've learned a lot about business listening to him. So it would be between those. And then the third one I would say Michael Jackson, because I just want to be around greats that can just teach me a lot about, even if they're not in the same field as me, mm-hmm. you just want to be around greats that they can elevate your mind, open your mind. And and I feel like you are who you around, you know, you who your circle around, who you mingle with. I do feel definitely God puts you into places, but I do think your energy puts you there too, because I look at just overall my career uh, with me and my business, I've been over a lot of people's houses and they'd be like, how did I end up at that house? <laughs> I right. mean, like, how did I, how did that happen? Like, you know, um, and I do think your energy attracts that and you are who you hang around. So I want to be around some greats. <laughs> well, listen, you have um, really given us a glimpse into who you are who your brand is. And so I always um, say that it is the Cedric that was, the Cedric that is, and the Cedric that will be. So your brand has really been an amazing journey to watch. And I'm so excited for where it's going to be. So as we get ready to conclude um, this amazing interview that I'm so gracious that you agreed to be a part of, I would love for you to give the listening audience just one prescription. Um, whether it be of success, of inspiration, whatever your inspirational moment or nugget will be coming from Cedric Brown in the Cedric Brown collection. What would that be? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I want to, so you're going to have to digest what I'm saying because I haven't made it a quote to give you a direct what I'm trying to say, but I'm going to tie it even to when I first met you. And just my journey of being an artist and just with life, you never, ever, ever, ever let anyone have power over you where that if their source that they created for you stops everything else for you, mm-hmm. like you feel or believe that you can't do anything else or you can't go no further because a manager on your job don't like you and they get rid of you on a job or if you at a school or art school and the professors have their favorites and who they handpick for stuff and they feel like these are the most talented people in the world and these are the ones who really going to make it. So this is what we're going to put in. All y'all other ones, y'all just, they're the whatever happens to you, whatever happens to you. Or just anybody, don't ever give anyone that much power over you that they can create your destiny and you don't have faith and confidence in yourself that you can make it. Because I look at it like um, I've had some high and low moments at art school where I have been the favorite student and they look out and I've also experienced it where they didn't. You know what I'm saying? I've lost my job and I had to go full time on my business. And it's like, what am I going to do? 
you know, but those people or whoever it is, they're not my source. God is my source. And I'll take it back when I first met you. It was at the Love Freedom Movement workshop with Sammy. It was at the Nancy's Pizza. Yes. yes. I was listening to you speak. And at that time, I think that whole process is a time where I had just lost my job working at Carter's. And I already had my business and it was definitely growing, but it was just also of a moment in my life where you're a little fearful. You don't know what's next. You don't know, you know, you just, a very trust God situation. And I was listening to you talk and it was great to be in a room full of people is talking about success and talking about their careers, talking about their journey, having a vision. You even gave, I think I won one of your gifts that you gave out. You did? Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you for that. And I'm I'm glad that you could see my journey as well. And um, thank you for always, first of all, for even, you had purchased something for me as well. And every time you saw me, you always supportive, giving IG shout outs and modeling my stuff. So I want to say thank you. And thank you for this opportunity to speak on this podcast. So um, those are my, my three cents. <laughs> well, listen, and they are valuable and I'm appreciative and I salute you. And again, you are that superhero and I'm going to continue wearing my scarf and I'm going to even expand my superhero arsenal and get some socks, some pocket squares and maybe even a kimono. So ladies and gents, we talked to Cedric Brown Collections. Can you tell us how we can follow you and where we can find you? so we can make sure that this audience clicks and shares so we can get another sphere of influence. Yes, sir. Um, you can follow me at on Instagram and Facebook at Cedric Brown Collections. You can go to my website, Cedric Brown Collections. You spell this, by the way, C-E-D-R-I-C-B-R-O-W-N-C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-O-N-S.com. And you can view some of my work and my product on there. Or you can Google um, Meet the, I mean, how this black designer got his designs, kimonos, featured on Greenleaf. So I oh, he's Googleable, y'all. So listen, don't miss that piece. That's a prescription. <laughs> so when you when you go through the fire, you become Google Google worthy. I love it. <laughs> I love how you slid that right on in for the audience. They need to know it. That's right. Let them know, right? Let them know. Listen, you got to be your own cheerleader. So I'm cheerleading you, uh, cheering for you on the side and cheering from you on social media and just cheering for you in general. So we salute you, we celebrate you in all things fashion. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Have a blessing. Thanks for listening to this episode of Prescriptions with Dr. Courtney A. Hammonds. If you enjoyed it, subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us find more listeners just like you who would really love the show. You'll never want to miss getting your next prescription filled. Thanks for tuning in. Diagnosing problems in your business can be extremely challenging, and many entrepreneurs don't even know where to start. Fortunately, the doctor is in. You can look to Dr. Courtney A. Hammonds for answers to your most burning questions and concerns around business strategy, creativity, education, and even fashion. 
the new podcast, Prescriptions, will give you an inside look into how fellow business owners formulate and fill their prescriptions for success. In each interview, we'll identify the various prescriptions for business aches and pains, fashion fatigue, and mind aches. Trust me, you don't want to miss a single episode. 